it's a very nervous night as we go live. Not very often we do this, but when you have special guests on, it's sometimes you have to make the call to go live and give the people what they want, and that's what we're going to do. So brace yourselves, people. It's going to be a cracking episode, no doubt. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some great one-liners in, so you, you won't want to leave anytime soon. Good win on the weekend against the Eagles, so we'll get stuck straight into it. Our first guest is a newcomer, first time on the show. Uh, Carpy DM, welcome to the show, mate. Uh, thanks for having me. No drums at all. Um, do you realise what you've gotten yourself into tonight? <laughs> yeah, well, from you the... Got, you got a brief uh, yeah, taste of it <laughs> 30 seconds before I hit live, I guess. Yeah, I'm going to struggle to get a word in, I reckon. Uh, no, 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 I'm literally just here to push a button tonight. Just uh, let let the men do their work. No, it's good to have you on board. Um, how did you become a Tiger supporter? Um, well, I grew up in a family that's not into not into football at all. More of a <coughs> family, British dad's English. So, but my uncle was a mad Collingwood supporter, and he always used to go on about how much he hated Richmond. And I just, I think I just started following him, uh, following Richmond, just because of how much he hated Richmond. And that. Uh, Either that or is it uh, the, the turn-off from his missing teeth? That's <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, music to the Tiger family years, I'm, I can assure you. Uh, our second yeah. guest to... Is your uncle around? Um, no, he's passed away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only kidding. But, no, that's uh, commiseration. commiseration. Well, his, his favourite uh, favorite player was Damien Moncos, so uh, that says a lot. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the next guest who's uh, already chimed in is... Uh, Fond of calling Collingwood the, the Frogs. Tiger71, welcome, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me back, mate. Um, looking forward to a, um, discussing the Ripper game on the weekend and, um, you know, talk about Brizzy and a few other things like shocking, a.k.a. hockey. Oh, what a fucking yeah. joke he is. Yeah, he's a dickhead. <laughs> You've been up and about with your posting recently, sort of more about game-related stuff with your opinions, which has been really good to see, about just your views on how we play, um, I suppose, not, not putting too much emphasis on contested ball and clearances and things like that. Yeah, well, it's um, I've watched them a fair bit this year because of the way um, my work's been. I've been able to get um, involved um, in a few games uh, more than I have been in the past. And I've noticed a definite shift of how our game plan is. It's not this – the media shits me. They always talk about this swarm football. Oh, Richmond swarm. And you've got the Minos on big footy who fucking are uneducated. They don't understand, obviously, the intricacies of our game. And, we, we yes, we pressure forward. But um, there's a lot of short kicking in our game. Um, and the stats will bear that out after um, after the bye. Um, we tend to, when it's dry, like to be aggressive with all movement, not just tap it forward. Um, and, yeah, the media seems to miss that. It's actually quite highly skilled, to be honest. Yeah, it's interesting. I thought it was the rain that uh, got us the wins. But, uh, yeah. yeah, allegedly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was fascinating, some of those comments. Like, I mean, I, I thought, I'll get to it a bit later, but I thought our second quarter was almost our best quarter, and that was bone dry. So, no, you've made some good points there, Tig71. I'm sure we'll touch on that a bit later. Uh, Grokodok was meant to be with us tonight, but unfortunately had to uh, jump off at the last moment. But um, big shout-out to Grokodok, and uh, hopefully he's, he's all, all well. And the final guest on tonight is Captain Blood 17 Welcome back to you, mate. Welcome, gentlemen. Now, we're definitely rolling right now, are we? We are rolling. <laughs> Chris Scott and the Geelong Football Club. <laughs> you know, Straight you know into it. Dogs, you know when dogs reflect their owners? Yep. That's the Geelong Football Club and Chris Scott. Ugh. Chris Scott, you are an arrogant, sanctimonious, whining twat. The yeah. self-professed smartest man in the room. The arrogance displayed towards Cameron was mind-blowing. The arrogance towards Brisbane 
You thought you were the best team. Spare me. You banked. The whinging and whining by yourself. Dangerfield. Blyclabs or whatever his name is. And the CEO over your home ground (laughs) final. Some wanker wanting VFA flags counted. Where does it end with you minnow clubs? Honestly. But it's funny. Because what it shows is the minnow and you and your club really are. Richmond, Hawthorne, Essendon, Carlton and Collingwood all dwarf you. Your flag count is nine. You can't even get to double digits. And you will look to cheat your way to double digits any way you can, including three weapon dank uh, drug-stained flags. Finals, <laughs> quite right, won't be played at your boutique, Mowie by the Sea, Shantytown, shithole ground. But, I love it. <laughs> know this, love- any of you, but know this, any of you meth-head cat supporters, we're waiting. In three weeks, your worst nightmare will be confirmed at the MCG. You are the match we crave. Sure, no doubt you'll puff your chest out, say where the matchup you want, but as you say it, there's just going to be something in the back of your mind. They'll tell you what it is. It's Richmond. So Chris Scott, Geelong, Geelong supporters, petrified pussycats, in three, way, in three weeks, it's going to be our pleasure putting you arrogant minnow mouth breathers back in your rightful place. Straight set cats. Coming to the MCG soon. <laughs> Fucking brother, I'm taking my pants off. That's just... And also, for the listeners, just to clarify, yeah? All you Geelong nothies, that was CB17. It was not Tiger17. Oh, 70- here we go. He's, he's reflected. He's directing <laughs> hate mail CB's way, just in case. I get you, Come, at me, on, come at me on Twitter, you shantytown, <laughs> mully by the sea flogs. I knew I needed a box of tissues, but my God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah, that was fantastic, CB. That's well done, mate. You menstruating? <laughs> no, just naked and we're done. <laughs> oh, no, but look, you, you've brought up some really fucking valid points, though, right? See, what shits me? You got Hocking, right? This fucking imbecile. He's done everything he can to fuck Richmond over. Let's be. Everyone listening is an intelligent person, else they wouldn't be tuning in. Um, he's a fucking. They've come in with a set agenda this year to fuck us right over, right? Let's just be honest, right? Now, those free kicks, I don't want to jump the gun, Mick, so I apologise if we go early, but those, I watched the game um, a good four times, um, the game on the weekend. Five instances where our goals were by the, and when I say goals, our marks or a shots on goal that were disallowed. Um, and it was always when we were um, regaining momentum. Um, and and Hocking mentioned today that he was at the game as a supporter. I bet you he was on the fucking mobile ringing number thirty-two and saying, "Hey, mate, fuck, they're getting too close. Throw another one." Um, that oh, it, I just Geelong itself should be um, annexed from the competition just for the benefit of the other seventeen clubs. They should be pushed pushed away. They can play in their VF. What do they call the Cats VFL? So. Um, League, the shanty league, whatever they call it. <laughs> they can play there, Stanley can sponsor it, fucking, um, and they can just shit, you know, talk about how great, um, what's that shitty wharf that they've got that they reckon it's going to be the next service paradise? They can fucking do whatever they're going to do um, and just leave the rest of us alone. Um, I'll tell you what's disgusting. Look, I'll tell you what's disgusting about this. Then go on, Sammy. You know what gave me hope today when Ross Lyon got the sack? Brad's gone. Now it's Chris's turn, or whoever those fucking Siamese twins. I might got them mixed up. But one of the twins are gone. Ross is gone. Now we're just going to wait for him. He's the last dickhead to fall. And then, it, hopefully, 
the AFL will regenerate and refresh. CB17, you continue, mate. mate. I was just going to say, they actually have supporters suggesting they should tank the game to avoid us on their boards. <laughs> well, it's Holy understand the Richmond supporters. Should you ever, ever discuss tanking a game with me, unfollow me, unfriend me, do not talk to me. That is the weakest thing you can ever do as a supporter, wishing your team to lose like that. Unless you're after a priority pick and draft pick, of course, like Melbourne are doing. But that's a different story. We can yeah. just do them a favour and build a wall up the highway. Block them off, <laughs> off completely. Oh. It's 40 oh, minutes down the road. Oh, MCG's on our hard ground. Yeah, but it's only 40 minutes away. Oh, fuck me. And then they whinge about our seven games at the MCG. Like, fucking, I, I, I want to go too early on this, right? Because this is a lot of supporters. Um, bleeding motherfuckers, all of them. Excuse, oh, no, sorry. Oh, excuse the language, right? CB's just got me nice and toasty. I apologise. Um, yeah, sorry. Before you go ahead, <laughs> can I just say, the funny part about this to me is that CB texted me what he was going to do earlier in the day and goes, watch this, I'll get T71 wound right up and it's work. <laughs> oh, he's done it. <laughs> <laughs> he's spot, right? And he, he knows where to, you know, touch me on the dot and off I go. <laughs> I, I, I tell you, like, those seven games at the G, right? You've got the Geelong supporters going on. Oh, seven games at the G, all in a row. Rah, 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 rah. They're 40 minutes away. Like, dead set. It's a fucking oval. The difference is Geelong, that shanty ground, is unique across the whole AFL. Why? Because they're cheating pricks. They design a ground and they recruit their little spuds. They can't run um, wider ground, so they can do these narrow challenge ovals. Um, and and it bites them on the ass. I just, oh, yeah, no, nah, I hate Geelong. Sorry, they've gone right up there. I can't yeah. stand Collingwood too, but that could be another 30 minutes. At, at the moment, <laughs> they're getting the eye when everyone knows he's never going there. Um, and, oh, God. Anyway, I'll stop now because I'm going to take over the show and I want to follow this agenda. So, all right, sorry, well, Nick, uh, <laughs> that's all right. It, it, it was worth seeing where that went. It was worth it. We'll uh, we'll steer back to the agenda just quickly. We obviously played a a great game on the weekend against the Eagles. Richmond 13-10-88 defeated West Coast 13-4-82. Pretty good game. I mean, you see a lot of, we spoke about it briefly before, but speculation that we only won because of the rain and all that kind of stuff. And I know, I thought the Eagles obviously had a really exceptional first quarter. Like it was almost perfect, to be honest, with their goal kicking, the way they moved the ball. But from the second quarter onwards, I actually felt like we dominated them, um, but just couldn't hit the scoreboard hard ourselves. Uh, Carp, what did you make of the game? Yeah, that game should have been over by three-quarter time. We missed about six or seven absolute sitters. I think, uh, uh, what, talk about Castagna. Can't stand oh. I can't stand it when he starts to think. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like, really. But, um, no, I, I really thought we absolutely dominated the game after sec- after after quarter time, put it that way. It was interesting that they tagged uh, Lambert to start off with, which was uh, uh, surprising. I don't blame him. He's been, he's been pretty good for us. But, yeah, I just I thought that the time in half that we had for the rest of that game was pretty sort of damning, I reckon. And, and the inside 50 count, 62 to 44. I mean, we're, we typically do generate a lot of inside 50s anyway. But, yeah, it's just that inability yeah. to convert on the scoreboard that um, hurt us a little bit. But, yeah, I was pretty Set comfortable shot. with how that game went. Yeah, also set true. Shot for an decision. <laughs> oh. I think that was about the only thing that kept them in it. Yeah. And really, if you analyse that first quarter, though, they really didn't get going until the eight-minute mark. Before then, it was basically just an even even kill. If not, actually, we were overplaying them. Um, we had two, I think, Lynch sprayed his first shot, and then we had another kick out in the full. 
Um, and then they scored their second goal. And then they had that little eight. After the eight-minute mark, they had this little burst. Now, keep in mind, they had the most dodgiest free kick that got Darling a goal. They had um, a missed free kick that got Darling the second goal, I think it was, or, or Cripps. They were getting away with, um, if you notice, a tactic that they were doing across the whole game, which, again, probably a hockey-endorsed manoeuvre. Every time we took a mark, they would push you in the back. And a couple of times the ball spilled after the mark was taken. Um, and the umpires would call play on, where normally it would be a 50 metres. If you've clearly taken a mark and taken possession, then get pushed in the back, that's a 50 metre in any other game. But in this game, apparently, it was all okay to do it. But, yeah, look, I agree with you guys. We should have It should have been ended by um, the end of the second quarter. We should have been easily three to four goals up. If we had a kick straight, um, they wouldn't have been close to it. And, and in the second quarter, we literally split them open. And our game plan was for all to see. It's... It's handball, yes, but more importantly, it's a short kick, short kick to a moving guy. So basically what they do is they pre- pre-set up in the zone. So what they, if they can handball out to the 50-meter arc, and I encourage anyone to watch it to see if what I'm saying is true. They'll handball or kick towards the 50-meter mark. Once they've hit there, they'll launch a long kick, create a contest, and then what basically happens is everyone at the front of the ball starts to move, and the person with possession either will short kick towards the corridor to a moving target. It's rarely is the target stationary. And that, if it's a stationary target, he'll mark the ball and he'll straight away play on and either handball or short kick again. So that's yeah. what we're doing. We've, we've identified that teams try to take the receiver out and catch us <coughs> on the handball. So when that happens, the guys kicking again and start kicking over um, that um, up, up a man and it continues our flow. So we're a lot more dangerous than we were for the last two years. Um, with this game plan, it's evolved yet again. So, now nah, we're going to be right up, right up there this year. I think helps having and a couple I'll... of uh, an extra tall forward. Oh, how <laughs> good is it have a Lynch? Oh, how... <laughs> and people on our board were knocking him. And how often did I say Michaels and CB? I, you know, he had it no preseason, bad knee. He's learning new systems from everyone and just give him his time and space. And people were calling him, um, instead of Lynch, lunch. And we should have spent his money on a big-body midfielder and all this sort of shit. And I was proud of myself, you um, you guys. I, I didn't participate in that thread. I just shut up. I just said, no, I'm not going to get involved with it. But he's proven all of them wrong. He's, he's if you remember, Do you remember, Michaels, that way back early days I mentioned about his aggression? Right, yeah, it's like, yeah. I really like. Yeah, he's showing that now. He he loves to hurt. Right, there was one um, bit of play in front of me, and I think it was maybe the last quarter, or the third quarter. He just ran straight through a pack. I don't know who he was who he was trying to hit, but he missed him. But I thought, by God, if he actually connected, <laughs> the guy wasn't getting oh. up. And you know what I love? Um, Rewalt's copying him now. If you notice, it was a contest. I think it was towards the end of the third. He saw Shuey. Shuey was in his hole. Um, and he went for this mark, and he crashed his knee right into the middle of his back. Um, and he didn't get the mark. I think he double double grabbed it, and it spilled out. But Chewy was struggling to get up, and never got in his front of space again. And that's that's what good um, forwards do. And that's why let's go back on to Brad Scott. That's what his name is, the John Coach. Yeah, it's Brad, isn't it? Because yeah, I, no, I always Chris. think of, it's Chris. Is it? I think yeah. of flog. So, yeah. um, or I see words. That's why I get um, I get confused. But he was Stop. going on. He was going about the start-up rule, right, in 360. And he sort of started his conversation with, oh, like he was going to say he agrees with the two decisions, right? And then he realised, no, Robbo, the, the slobberous drunk, is already on him about, you know, his behaviour with Cameron. So he switched tack that disingenuous bastard. You could tell. 
he really wanted, he was happy we got pinged. But he's talking about, oh, you know, forwards, you know, they're dangerous because they can go in with their needs. Do you ever see pig boy Hawkins play? That's all he does. If he sees a smaller defender, he goes with his knees to the kidneys, to the centre of the back, to the back of the head. That's his signature. Um, just look at the quarterfinal when we smashed him two years ago. That's what he did. Yeah, he got lost, lost him twice. Yep. Twice. Um, but that he, um, Brad's happy with that, or Chris, whatever his name is. Let's just call him <laughs> Flog. He's happy with that. But when it's a Richmond man getting done over, oh, he makes me sick. But back on point, um, yeah, now nah, our forward line, mate, how great. And look, just to defend a little European, you know, because we little Europeans got to stand together. People rat on Castagna, and yes, sometimes he makes the complete, utter fucking stupid decisions, right? Like that, you know, trying to do a check site, you need 20 minutes in front. He's stupid. But he is one of the keys to make, that makes our forward line as dangerous as it is. People oh. don't... And there's another player I want to defend, right? Everyone's slagging off Daniel Rioli. I watched, I've watched him. I've been to the last four games, um, and I've dead set had the binoculars on him, right? He, since Caddy's been switched to the ring, people don't... All I'll ask you blokes is, right, and any of our listeners... How often do you see Daniel Rioli in the back line or defensive midfield in the general course of play? Yeah, he works his ass off. That's for sure. And then ask yourself a question. On a kick-in, opposition kicking, who's manning the mark nine times out of ten? Yeah, he he does. Being being one of the quickest blokes to apply that pressure. So you're probably playing. talking to the wrong blokes, Tiggs. Because, like yeah. I said, I've been defending um, Rioli. I think he's coming into form, and I've been defending um, Ellis for a while. So. No, Ellis, 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 I'm going to go against you there. But with Rioli, no. he's no, – hold on, hold on. Rick Rioli, he's playing a completely different role. I swear to God, I reckon it's under um, coach's instruction. He's becoming – because he's got such a huge tank. And you've got to keep in mind, he broke his foot. Um, in the 2017, 2018, he had to work his way into it. But his tank is his asset without Caddy um, in the forward line. So what he does, like last week, game's fresh in my mind, so we'll talk about it. Shuey's a weapon, right? Not Shuey. What's that other spud that they have, the guy with hardly any hair? Um, Sheed. Uh, Sheed. No, Dom Sheed. No, not Sheed. Who's the one that does their kickouts? Oh, Hearn. Uh, Hearn. He's a weapon, right? He's got like a scud missile for a leg. Right, he's an absolute weapon when he kicks out. Right, he can kick at 60, 70 meters, um, but he loves to lead out to the pocket and then take the time to launch that long kick. Rioli cut that out of his game. Why? Because every time he moved 10 meters out, Rioli was right on him, so he had to rush kick. And then he followed him all the way up the ground. It stopped him getting involved in centre play. If you watch a lot of Eagles game, he gets involved in the centre centre play and then launches um, then launches deep forward 50 entries. He didn't do it. Why? Rioli was all over him. So people need to take it off Daniel Rioli. He's doing a defensive role for us, um, and he's doing it wonderfully well. Um, and Because we've identified we've got better crummers than Rioli. Rioli's one word is not crumbing the ball. Um, he's an opportunistic forward. Um, we've got Shy. We've got to allow him space to operate. We've got Castagna, who runs like a chicken with his head cut, cut off, so creates all that chaos. <laughs> so Daniel well, Rioli... Yep, I'll sorry. Go ahead. Big fella. Uh, Jason Castagna was our leading tackler last game with eight. Mm. And have a guess who the second leading tackler was for us with um, defensive pressure. Daniel Rioli. Soldo. Soldo. Oh, I love Soldo. No, no. Sean no. actually was, uh, was six. Yeah, he did. He lifted. Next best tackler. So, yeah, so there, there you go. So there's your, two, there's your two forward weapons. And one guy's rotating through the middle. Yep. Um, yeah. But that's, that's what they bring. Now, to put it in perspective, um, the... How little we tackle and how important those two blokes are 
if you look at the Lions midfield, mate, um, you're talking Zorko laid six tackles on his own last game and Lions laid 11 tackles in the midfield last week, putting pressure on the um, Geelong on ballers. So uh, that's how critical those two are for us because it doesn't seem like too many other blokes tackle an awful lot. Well, no, I, I disagree. I reckon we were a high tackling side, like not last week. I'm looking the at the stats, mate. Late, I've got them in front of we, me. Where well, we laid ninety, <laughs> we laid ninety six tackles. Was uh, it ninety six or ninety eight? Yeah, two weeks ago? it was. I was actually surprised at how low our tackle numbers were last week, just given the conditions of the second half. But yeah, the week before it was yeah high nineties, sort of touching on a hundred. Yeah, yeah, and but we, that might have been more condition based as opposed. Like if that was dry, I, I doubt any team would be hitting. <laughs> That number. And what was our pressure rating up there? Our pressure rating must have been huge, though, in the second half. One, I, I've got the figure in front of me, but like, so 183 is the league average. So I, I reckon, I reckon we'd be above that again. I think the two weeks ago against Carlton, we were 213, and I think we'd be around about 200 again. Like we, we were all over him. But I'll say one thing on Tom Lynch as well. The, the beauty of Tom Lynch on um, Sunday. Was he actually... Who did he play on? Was it McGovern? Who was his main man? Oh, McGovern? The McGo- McGovern and that other spud switched on him. They used to yeah. alternate between the both, Jack but, but, and... Um... But what he did, he, he actually kept him accountable. Yeah. And all of a sudden, McGovern couldn't get off him. McGovern had to be on him because he's a 200-centimetre behemoth who's actually yeah. clunking contested grabs. So it really yeah. stopped um, it really stopped McGovern having that sort of rants-type game where he cuts the ball off and gets it going their way. But that's yeah. the thing. And, and that, we're probably one of only maybe two teams, maybe, who can actually make him play like that. Yeah. yeah. And re-rolled out marked him in one, in one case as well. Yeah, yeah. held and him off. And, is... Yeah. Yeah, held and him he... off, exactly. And Rewalt's form is getting better every game. So he, he turned the corner on the um, last week. So um, if we can get both of them fully in form, like Lynch is scarily good below his knees. Like he surprised me. Like he's brought in like that tackle that caused against... Um, Against the West Coast back, who ended up spilling it to Alice, which caused a winning winning goal. Um, that was yeah, that was based on Lynch's hard work streaming from. He created the initial contest out in the defensive um, defensive yeah, square. Three or, three or four great efforts. And then he ran and he ran and then he ended up getting a, a toe uh, fingernail on the guy's boot yeah. and then it skewed the ball off. So no, nah, he's he's obviously brought into what we do. Um, so no, no, it's fantastic, mate. We've got a, we've got an elite. Um, forward line, um, and just I don't want to get in my trade stuff yet, but just to say, Shy Shy is definitely staying. Um, I know that for a fact. So yeah, very good. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll I want to touch you a couple. Of weeks. Yeah, I go on. So yeah, I heard his interview when he won the Rising Star, and he, he doesn't want to go anywhere. Nah, he won't, he won't go. Ralph's been away, but I think they're doing a dual announcement. Um, okay. Yeah, so the I think wig. that's what. Yeah, the, the wig, wig. Yeah, Ralph Carr. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ralph Carr. <laughs> I think they're doing it because Chol hasn't re-signed yet, so I think they're going to do a, like a double, double whammy announcement. But he's definitely staying what, with Chol. I think Chol yeah, with, with Chol. Ralph Carr as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. they're going to just do it because he's been away gonna, in Europe. Tell you what, they're going to get the maximum out out of Richmond. They're going to dry. Oh, you'd be surprised. Um, Ralph's. Oh, I used to never liked the guy because I, you know, obviously with the dusty stuff and early on and some of the stuff um, I heard through Dusty's. Um, side of the fence the initial contact um, contract negotiations put me against Ralph but he seems he, look he's a decent guy he wants the best for his client but he's smart yeah, can't deny smart. that and but the main thing is which is a good thing he doesn't want to bend the club over he wants his play he wants his clients to have a good profitable um, career but at a successful environment and um, he's all in on Richmond um, yeah. yeah he loves the club and we treat him better than any other club 
um, how we involve him too um, okay. in functions and the like. So he feels well loved, Ralph. All right, we'll, we'll get to more of that trade stuff shortly. There's a couple of other players I just want to mention quickly and get your thoughts on. Uh, CB, I'll start with you. Your thoughts on Basher Hawley. His last month in particular, I mean, the game against the Eagles, he had 34 disposals at 82%, uh, 10 contested possessions, 9 marks, and 549 metres gained. Um, and I think the most important moment of his entire game was that attack on the ball in the last you know, 10, 20 seconds. He picked it up the half volley cleanly and just barreled it out the way, and uh, we obviously got the win. What have you made of his footy so far? Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal year. And I know when we talk about the BNF, we're talking about Grimesy, we're talking about Prestia, Shane Edwards. But this bloke surely has to be right up there. Um, his season has been off the charts. And I thought, and I said at the start of the year, and I got it obviously unbelievably wrong, I thought he was sort of nearing the end. Um, but the way he's playing at the moment, like he's got another couple of years in him. If he can keep his body right. And that, and that attack at the end, that was just... Um, Remarkable how he hit that ball at speed and got it going our way. But uh, he's critical to us. And it sort of leads to the, the talk about what we were talking just before we went on air about um, Hawley and Martin. Um, will the Lions tag, possibly tag um, Hawley? I, I think there'll be a tag on either Hawley or Martin. They can't let both of them run, uh, run free with the way they're going about it at the moment. No, definitely not. Yeah. And uh, yeah. spe- speaking of Martin, he's the other player I want to touch on. Carp, uh, I'll get your thoughts on him. I personally think he's almost back into career best form. 35 disposals, yeah. 4 marks, 4 tackles, uh, a goal, 14 contested possessions, 6 clearances, and a staggering 818 metres gained. That's just ridiculous numbers. Yeah, he's back in beast mode, isn't he? Uh, you can just see it in his eyes. Even his post-match interview, though, he's still trying to keep a lid on it, but you can just tell he, he wants to make amends for last year. He really does. But he doesn't need to make amends for last year. This is my fucking thing that shits me. People are so oh, hard. What I mean he by had... us is us just getting knocked out and not winning the Yeah, game. yeah. He had a. He was on one leg. I don't mean he had such a bad year. I mean, he just had not winning. Right year. Yeah, he's he just looks driven as anything at the moment. Yeah, yeah. But look, what I loved about him, he's smiling. If you notice yeah. a lot of his game on the weekend, he was laughing when he, yeah, when, when Chol yeah when Chol ran into his line of the flight yeah, of the ball yeah. and it hit him, he had a giggle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Dusty plays better when he's, you know, he's having fun, right? That's, that's it's not so ultra serious. And um, <laughs> watch out because I reckon he's got another two, um, two legs, um, two gears to go. But um, yeah, no, he's having a brilliant season. And the last player, and I, I, I we obviously acknowledge our backline as a as a unit have done exceptionally well to cover for Rants, and uh, we've become a really stingy team again in the back half of the year. But Dylan Grimes, Jesus, has oh. he gone to another level? I mean, he's oh. worked defensively, second and third efforts. And then when he went down with that injury, I mean, being there at the ground, I couldn't really see what had happened. But when he was getting carried off by the trainers, you're like, oh, shit, of all people to go down. But I get home and watch the replay, and the incident looked terrible. But even the ball was still there. He was still going after the ball to get it out of the way to help the team out, despite being in, in agony. He's just a superstar, Dylan. He's a Richmond man. He, he exemplifies our whole team spirit. Um, it's not about yourself. It's about it's about the whole team, and he plays that way. He's just – I always rated him, um, and I was cursing his first um, three years because of his injuries, right, because I always knew we got the, um, the better Grimes. I used to laugh when you got the Melbourne supporters on BF having a head wobble that their Grimes were better than our Grimes. Um 
um, how shit changes. So, um, but he's just he's immense. What's great with him too is his only knock really has been. Sometimes he can get panicky with the ball um, if he's left one out. Now that's all gone. Now he's just – he's in the rant mode. Um, he's comfortable in his own skin. He, he, There's no pressure on him as long as he plays his best and he trusts his other brothers around him. And he, can, and he plays that way and he's just he's, – I, I love that part where after he did his injury and he came back um, and there was a contest. Um, he's gone at it as hard as he could, and the West Coast guy's gone to kick it, and he's just put his body right in front of it. And basically, the guy's foot kicked him in the guts with the ball, so he took the ball and ran off with it. You yeah. know what I mean? And that is just exemplifies him. He's just, I just love him to bits. Yeah, for sure. His leadership has uh, really come on since Rance has been out as well. I think he's the general back there now. Can Can I just put a mini rage? Those people who keep bagging Nathan Broad. Oh, they have please, no idea. Please, please stop. You're embarrassing yourselves. <laughs> what part of the guy held his spot in the back end of 2017, played the whole of 2018, has played the whole of 2019 so far, what part of that doesn't suggest to you that he's obviously doing a hell of a lot of things right to the match committee? Sure. Every week, Nathan Broad out. Fuck, guys, <laughs> stop. You're idiots. <laughs> Yeah, just don't get the ball in his hand. Yeah, <laughs> well, look. Defensively, he's, he's incredible, really. He's much faster than what people give him credit for, for such yeah. a big guy. And he's he, just... He, he could go to Cameron. He potentially could go to Cameron this week. Well, he's If we want out... to keep Grimes at the back as a as that sweeper role. Well, he's how, out... did Cameron, how did Cameron go against him in the grand final two years ago? Exactly. I, th- I think we have to apply physical, physical pressure to Cameron. Wasn't Grimes on Cameron? No, I think it was Brody for a lot of it. It was Brody. Yeah, it was Brody. Was Brody. Yeah. yeah, now Brody, because he, he has a tank on him. He can run and run and run and run and run. Um, and he's he, look, he's, he did that kick out in the floor, and I said, oh, Brody, what, you know, you're probably thinking of the boobs again. But he uh, <laughs> he he he's actually not a bad in disposal. If you look at his averages, he's, he's actually above average in his disposal of the back line. But he just can get to – Heap of contests. He can get to heap of contests and uh, provide that support for the other guys. Um, but can I talk about Vlosten? How fucking yeah. proud I am. He's our young lion. He, um, he, he's, he's unbelievable. He yeah, should be he, Australian squad at least. This, yeah, this he, but he he puts his head over the ball. He gets into the right spots all the time. He's got he's got the angriness about him, which I love. He he knows he's playing for an elite side. Um, conducts himself that way. But his bravery and his ability to um, accept the um, accept the contact and then continue uh, moving forward um, he's very rare. Um, no, I just I'm wrapped with his season. Well, most of the guys and 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 meatball. We cannot not talk about meatball and how. He's just gone up an extra two rungs, hasn't he? Oh, he just—he doesn't fumble. He looks like he was playing a different game on the weekend. I don't, he doesn't fumble. He doesn't get tackled. His center of gravity is incredible. I can't believe we paid six pick six for this bloke. Overrated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, those, those are the days. But I reckon we should change his name from Meatball to Shotgun because he's—he does everything right, but his kicking is like fucking shooting a shotgun because. <laughs> It might hit a target, but it might just go every which way, right? But he's but he's outside of his kicking. If he was kicking, he would be talked about. I seriously believe that. If his kicking was laser-like, he'd be in the same conversation as 
Cochin or very close to Dangerfield type of levels, right? Um, because he does everything else really, really well, um, better than really well. He can get the ball. He can spread from a contest. His hands are elite, um, which are grossly underappreciated. He's got great awareness, can't be tackled. The, he reminds me on that tackling aspect like a Matthew Knights. He did um, like the shimmy on the weekend where there was about three West Coast players try to grab him and he just moved his hips like Knighter used to do. And they'll just flop and mop him and then he just waltzed out. Um, Is that like a shake and bake? Yeah, not a shake and bake, fucking Dwayne. Oh, what a, I watched the replay, and he was he was bleeding. He wanted West Coast to win so badly. You could hear it, his Geelong fucking floggy voice. Oh, I just hate Oh, he's a dog. He shouldn't be. I'm not even, I'm not even fishing in deep waters tonight. This is oh, he's, he's an absolute prick. Dwayne, oh, my God. What a hack footballer he was. Jesus. What, he always... Always seems to do the Richmond important games as well. Just oh, yeah. kills me. Kills me. He did yeah. the GWS game like a couple of years ago in 2017 when we lost by a point or whatever. When, um, but every time and he's just nonstop about Richmond going to choke again. Richmond going to choke again. My God, he drives me crazy. <laughs> yeah, but, but guys, can we talk about the umps for a bit? Like I tweeted out. Well, hey, before, before we go umps, can we talk about one more bloke? Yeah, go shoot. Yeah, go shoot. Before we go into a rage. Yeah, go shoot. Before before <laughs> Forty hit outs, twelve disposals, uh, and should have been paid that mark at the top of the square. That was oh, oh, that, that wasn't paid. Oh, uh, I mean, take, oh, uh, take away oh. his first quarter, but yeah, he he played a great game. Yeah, I heard that, that uh, Castagna is going to get some goal kicking lessons off him this week as well. Yeah, he doesn't miss, does he? He doesn't miss. Looks like a giraffe, but he doesn't miss. What do you and, know? and what's important? What's important? Um, I saw the updates with Burgie on the injuries um, on the website before we come on. Thanks, yeah. no good. So what they're saying is, uh, Nankervis has irritated the scar tissue, and a bit of bruising yeah. come out. So he's unlikely for this week. So Soldo's, he, he's actually critical for us moving forward. I can't see him out of the team for the rest of the year. Truth be known. No. And um, Bryce is a probable at this stage, and Cochin's expected to play. So that's the updates on the injuries. Yeah. Well, we need Cochin in. He needs a run before the um. The finals, but look, Nan Curvis, I love him. Um, I've always, I've always said, though, if you remember last year, my commentary on Nank was, he's one of those players that fit a need for us, but his upside is not as large as others we've got in our list. So what I mean by that is, don't misunderstand me though, guys. I rate him as a player, and I want him to have a long career at Richmond. But I can easily see Chol and Soldo, who were young, leapfrog him because. His one limitation will always be his tap work. As a ruck, he's a medium, he's a meter core tap ruckman. Um, his taps are the advantage of below average. Um, and Solbo's sort of highlighting how much of a benefit it is to have the ability to hit our midfields on the tip and how that allows our offensive plays to um, be so... Because we, we, when Nank plays, it's so hard for us to score from the setter, most cases. Um, Solbo's straightened us right up. Made it a lot easier. Um, I wouldn't drop Soldo for Nankervis, um, personally. I would put Nankervis... This is... I'm going to sound like I'm going to contradict myself now. Nankervis, for me, is a perfect ruckman to bring in when you know you're going to war, right? When it's going to be bodies slamming into each other's, and you might lose out in the first two quarters, but quarter three and fourth quarter, he will still be motoring along like a really big midfielder. I'll put him in in a quarter final and in a grand final, without a doubt. 
I'd love to see uh, Soto and Nane Curvis pair up because Nanker's yeah, a second yeah. ruck. He's going to dominate <clears throat> most other teams' second ruck. And yeah, he can play no. forward because in the JLT, we played him forward and he led and marked well. And if you notice like the game time numbers, Troll's not out there a lot. So we don't have yeah. to have them both on the ground for long periods of time. So we shouldn't get exposed but, too much. But see, Troll's one of those um, players that their numbers are very deceptive about the value they bring to us. Charles' presence on the ground, because every opposition player knows his athleticism and his ability to burst out of traffic. Um, Charles, whenever you've seen a 200-centimetre or close to 200-centimetre bloke um, um, sell candy to midfielders and get away with it, right? <laughs> Charles does that, right? So the thing is, is that with Soldo and then Curvis, yeah, we might get a tap, but then you've got a lump, two lumbering blokes, right? You've got one that's a little bit quicker than the other, but they're easily coached out of the game. By opposition, but but Chol, he can go from the back line, sprint all the way up to the forward line, and take amazing grab. He has that ability. He's just really, really raw, um, and he's still trying to find his place where to lead, um, lead to. So with um, you can tell they've dumbed down his his game. They've said to him, "All right, from the start of the game, we want you here. Win the balls over that side, we want you here, and then we want you there." And left it really simple for him, and let his natural athletic ability. Chol's a weapon. Chol should never be dropped. I know people are going. This is just my opinion. He's not giving us the stats and all that sort of stuff. But some of his contest work, there was a reason you all attributed McGovern staying in the forward 50 because of just solely an inch. No. A lot of that was because Chol wanders down there and becomes a lead-up target and the players will hit him. So he um, – he and he also has the ability not to get in front of Lynch and not to get in front of Jack, where Soldo, to his credit, I love the guy, but he, would just, he just jumps at whatever ball because he's a tall bloke. Um, and nearly caused us to lose a goal when Lynch took it. So, no, Chol's completely underrated. I reckon get more games into Chol. Um, he's one of those AFL players that play medical in the VFL, I reckon. He needs a big game, big game to get up and going. And watch the third and fourth quarter when it got really tough and watch Chol's game. He was a presence um, in that game. Um, now, I rate him. I, I, I rate Chol. We've found someone, um, really, really found someone with Chol. All right, fair enough. All right, well, before we get to the trade talk, we have to address the uh, the studs up issue. Obviously, everyone saw the the free kicks paid on the weekend against Jack for marking the ball, or one of them he dropped, but the other one he marked and paid the studs up free kicks. So the AFL obviously come out and said that the free kicks were correctly paid, um, which if they actually read the letter of the law that they created, it's not because the the law was introduced to stop injuries happening and those kicks weren't dangerous they weren't side kicks to the chest they weren't kicking someone in the face so they fell wrong on that on that front then they go and amend the rule the day after to say oh no actually we we do want to allow what jack did to happen um so we're just going to tweak a rule in round 23 and um yeah everything should be fine now guys Uh, what i'm sure you've all got opinions on that one mickey mouse mate fucking mickey mouse that's all you can say um like Ged said, they brought like it, I'm not the smartest guy, right? I put my hand up, you know. It's a curse. It's the way the universe balances the fact that I've got such a huge penis. So you got to lose out somewhere, right? So I'll put that on the table, right? Now let's be real, right? Toby Green, that little thug, right? When he ninja kicked Dellhouse in the face, that rule came in. So when someone's coming front on onto the player. And you lift your leg up, and it's like a fucking snap kick, which is, you know, horizontal. One leg is on the ground, the other's, you know, fucking 90 degrees um, with your studs up um, as a barrier to incoming player. That's when the free kick should be paid, 
right? That's common sense. Uh, where they stuffed up is when Howe went um, for the mark and, and he led with his foot. Um, now, that was like borderline because Howe knew what he was doing. He he did different from Jack. Jack. Jack, if you look at Jack, his legs bent and then it kicks out. Howe literally <laughs> fucking went like a scissor kick with his um with his boots out and hit that West Coast um, on the back. But that shouldn't have been a free kick. Um, and they know that the umpires – and number 32 – Let's talk about that fuck for a second, right? He he dead set knew what he did was wrong, right? He knew it. Um, and then he doubles down, right? And then he calls, straight after it, he calls um, Soldo's mark, not a mark, because the other bloke touched it. And the other bloke, um, their, their um, ruckman, never got a hand on it. So I knew straight away when that was happening, the guy was guessing his decisions, right? If he didn't clearly see it, he'll guess it. Um, and Eagles, people, I, I had, had, had an epiphany, people, on the weekend. People talk about the Eagles' free kick count. How come it's so favourites? You know, they get such an advantage. I think I know why now. Is because they've realised, if probably the first club to realise, umpires guess. So if you looked at the game, they appealed for free kicks, more than I've ever seen inside too. You just, Gaff was a perfect example for it. We just dive on the floor. Um, Shuey did it in the centre. Guys, go watch the fourth quarter. It was a centre bout. I think it was halfway through the fourth quarter. Um, Shuey, no one was near him. All, everyone's charging to the ball, right, in the centre bounce. He just literally did the belly flop. No one touched him. No one was close to him. He got a free kick for in the back. Mm. And everyone's looking like no one touched him. That's what they do. So umpires in today's AFL and the ones that we had, they guess. So he... When he doubled down on the second one, and that tells me that there's something not right in Chinatown. I'm not saying there's a conspiracy against Richmond. Well, no, fucking actually, I am. I think they play. <laughs> they, they umpire to the jumper. If they don't like Richmond, they will fucking penalise us. And I've seen it too often to go, all right, there's example after example. Caddy's out in the fall, which the ball was out before Caddy kicked it. And then the ball actually hit a West Coast player, but we got pinged for out in the fall. And even though the ball bounced before it went out. Yeah. 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 About the kicking in, da- kicking in danger kicking that he didn't play against Solder. Solder, yeah. the other umpire had to come from 50 metres away to say it was kicking yeah, in danger. Yeah, this, this is all number 32, right? This is all in his eyes. The sling yeah. tackle that got done right in front of him. And all the players are going, hey, that went, McGovern did that sling table. I think it was on Caddy. And everyone looked at the umpire going, what the heck are you doing? And didn't pay it. Mm. Um, yeah. it's, just, it's just too it, it's just too much um, all the time. So I seriously think they're directed. I reckon they're told at the start of every year in their preseason camp or whatever it is, when they're all knitting or, or sewing, hockey's um, down there and go, okay, guys, this is what we want. We, we would love this team to win the flag. We would love it. I'm not saying they would say prejudice other sides, but we would love this side to win the flag um, because it's too strange that you get some sides that get golden rides, absolutely golden rides. Um, and then, then I realised it's because they play for them. Um, they flop. Danger Selwood's been doing it all the time, but if you, look at, if you look at West Coast, all their players do it, like every single one of them. If there's a contact, if there's even slight contact, they flop. And Howell did it perfectly. Um, at Collingwood, teams are starting to realise umpires guess. So if you if you if you make a, uh, a reaction, they're going to buy into it. 
Rioli was another one, not our Rioli, their Rioli. You know, you know, he nearly fell over himself to say he was getting dragged off the ball when nothing happened. Thank God the other umpire, I reckon the only one that was actually paying attention, didn't pay it as a free kick. But it's getting to farcical levels. So really, like Gimma said, common sense. But I reckon it needs to be drilled down a bit. I reckon clubs need to start saying to them, okay, be honest, are you guessing? Because if you're guessing, there's got to be some accountability. Mm. Um, and you can see if they're guessing, because there's been some incidences where the umpire's eyes would have been blocked by a body from someone, but they've called head high, and it is impossible for them to see it. But they've just gone by the reaction by the guy's head. It must be head high. Yeah. Um, so when that happens, and when that's proven, that umpire should get a warning. Does it again? Get dropped to the VFL. Does it keeps on doing it, stays in the VFL till he gets it out of his game. That's the only way that they're going to fix it. So, look, just serious hat on. I don't think there's a conspiracy against the Tigers. I think we just get – we get – culture's really important in clubs. Um, there's certain clubs like you've got your Carlton and your Minot clubs, like your, your Carlton, uh, Geelong. They have a culture of, you know, cry for free kicks, how oh, victim me, how shit am I. Um, everyone owes us something. That's their culture, right? Their players play that way. Their club reflects that, right? So we reflect our culture, which is, you know, just go get ball, push the ball forward. We don't play for free kicks as much as we do. Some players do it, but, like, um, we don't do it as often as other teams. And I think I think that's a, we're a victim of that because if we start play acting more, umpires are going to second-guess themselves more because they're guessing anyway, and we would get a lot more free kicks. It's going to be interesting. That's why I think the finals are a completely different beast because finals, we always get umpired fairly because in the finals, it's the best umpires and they don't fucking guess because they know if they, get, if they guess, they're going to get caught because there's cameras everywhere and the game's analysed by a bee's dick. You know what yeah, I mean? They tend, they tend to let things go a bit more in finals as well, for sure. Because they don't want to guess. When you say let things go, it's it's because if they'd have been a home and away, they would have guessed the decision. So they realise, no, no, I can't guess it because I didn't really say it, so let it go. And that's how it should be. Um, mm. That's why I can't wait till we get into the finals and then we can finally get uh, an even even scorecard, unless we don't play in Perth. Because they're bloody corrupt, aren't they? Noise of affirmation is definitely a thing. And CB, you had some strong thoughts on the studs up rule? Uh, look, I just, I just think the way the AFL handled it sums it all up. In the, again, in their arrogance, they say, oh, the adjudication of the rule is correct, but then they say, oh, we're going to change the rule anyway. Yeah. I mean, it is just comedy capers. We are a Keystone Cops organisation, the AFL, and um, to think that they do this two weeks out of finals um, probably says a hell of a lot, and that's all I'll leave it at. Keep us out of top four. That's what it says. I think they just changed it out of uh, Jack Rewalt's health, danger in his own health. He looks like he was about to combust at one point when they paid the second one. I was actually expecting when he threw the ball back, (laughs) when the first one got, when he got pinged for the first one, he lost his shit and he threw the ball like, remember when Ranch threw the ball to that guy's guts and gave away a 50? I had this horrible sensation going, oh no, we're about to get done for 50 because he just absolutely spiked the ball. Yeah, I thought he too. Uh, and I'll, I'll shit myself on that. But yeah, and that's his maturity. Yeah, I was wrapped for him when he did that. He just fucking swallowed it and just gave the ball to him. But yeah, no. I think he wrote down the umpire's number, though. Oh, the guy tried to come back to him at the end of the quarter and tap him on the back and have a bit of a um, bit of a talk. I would have just said, "Fuck off, you cheat." That's what I would have said if I was Jack. <laughs> but then he would have been reported. 
All right, so that's, yeah, I'm sure we could talk about that for, for hours, but we'll get to uh, the Trade Talk update, Tiger 71. Have you got any updates from players that are yeah. that we're after or anyone that the clubs are after from our club? Yeah, I've got some general news too, if you want me to, because I know some other supporters listen to this magnificent show, yeah. and I've been speaking to a few Hawks guys that I keep in touch with. Um, I heard uh, about two months ago that Coniglio, that, yes, Colin, Colton threw a whole crap load at him, but he was never going. he's never going to Carlton. It was, it's always been between Hawthorne. I know all the media's got oh, Carlton, Carlton, Carlton. Um, it's all been, a, it's been Hawthorne and, um, or he stays. Um, the, the latest mail I got, which, which was a couple of days ago, it's more 60, 40. So 60, he stays 40. He becomes a whore. Not like I really give a shit, but, um, yeah, he's not going to the blues, which makes me fucking wrapped. Right. Because, <laughs> The Blues on BF. I've look. I got cut a couple of blue mates, and the Blues' behaviour on BF is just fucking atrocious. I mean, Blue supporters—they they don't rate Dustin Martin. They think he's just an average player. It's fucking ridiculous. You know what I mean? But anyway, I don't want to go talk about the Blues. Don't give them give them the time of day. Um, I mentioned Brad Crouch. Remember pretty early on. I mentioned yeah. Adelaide. Everything my mates told me has come to pass, right? Um, and it was well before the media. Um, I say that really more to pump up my mate then pump myself up but everything I said that was going to happen happened at Adelaide right it's now it's all old news but a year ago it wasn't old news sorry I'm just smoking on my pipe um <laughs> I do that because I'm I'm still thinking of how CB17 started this whole thing and it's just got me warm and moist <laughs> so I've just I've just got to all right so going through my notes here yeah it's beautiful Michael it's beautiful I can show you a screenshot if you like man you just don't post it on the boards. Um, no. <laughs> um, okay, so um, I know we've been into Brad Scott um, for a good two years now. Brad Scott. Right? Brad um, Scott. Brad Scott. <laughs> i got that what, flog on my brain. Jesus Christ. Brad Crouch. We've been into him. We've been into See, we've identified something which is the one thing that's our Achilles heel, right? Now, Yes, it's game plan related that we, we are low possession side because of nature, how we get the ball, uh, how we use the ball. But at midfield, if you compare our midfield statistically in relation to possession or first possession generated, um, is lower, is one of the lowest in the league, right? At the moment, we've set systems to counteract that, but we need, and um, we're banking, we're hoping Ross will come on. Um, we've got Graham, we're hoping he'll come on. But we need someone that can generate, like Pressure has shown the importance of it this year, someone that can actually get the first position, right? Mm-hmm. That can generate that spark. You need two of them. Now, Cochin, we've tried to, we utilise in that role. That's why what I'll say to guys who say, oh, Brad Crouch is too slow and da 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 If you've got someone like Brad Crouch in um, paired up with Cochin, see, when Cochin and Prestia play together, we more often win the midfield, right? But we've beaten the crap out of Cochin. Right, and he's now got soft tissue injuries, all that sort of stuff. So, I do know from when I was told way back when that Brad Crouch has always been a target of ours. We would love to get Maddie Crouch too, but we don't think that's going to happen. They basically blocked blocked us really early on. But Brad Crouch was always sort of semi-gettable. And then when I went out in public last year, I think I might have done the club a little bit of disservice to the club. Then you know did that dance song and dance. Oh, they were just calling them up following a tweet. So somehow I got out. I've let the cat out of the bag. But we haven't stopped working on it. And the reason why I'm pretty bullish on this, Brad Crouch, you've got Brad Crouch, you've got Sloan, you've got um, 
Jenkins, what was the other name that he told me? Oh, but it's anyway, they're not, not my target anyway. They're screaming for success. They 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 want success. Um, they've worked bloody hard for it. Um, and they want to strike while the iron's hot. So I seriously think we could get Brad Crouch for unders, um, pay him an okay wage. We're going to lose Ellis, Brandon Ellis. He's going to be a blue. Um, okay, I'm pretty so sure on that. North. No, no, he'll be a blue. He'll be a I'm blue. Gary Carlton too. Yeah, he'll be he'll be a blue. Um, they're offering him stupid money. Compo pick for him too. To give you the level, and Blues won't hate this. They'll call me a liar and all this sort of stuff for what's new. We'll get just a, a low first round. Um, you know, the lowest band of the first round pick, if the numbers I'm hearing is true, and the years, because it's going to be four years plus, uh, and over around about five hundred k, six hundred k. That's what I'm hearing is what Alice has been offered, which is stupid money. So he's not worth that, right? I, I, he's an okay player. He does he does too many dumb things for me to persist with. Like we we've pulled we've finally pulled the trigger with McIntosh, right? I love Mac. I don't misunderstand me. He's always be a premiership hero to me. But he can turn the ball over. We've got Ellis who can turn the ball over. We've got Broad who can turn the ball over. We've got Castagna, who can turn the ball over, right? We've got players that consistently turn the ball over. So we need to get better to get to the next level again. We've got to start cleaning up those areas. So Brad Crouch is a tidy, tidy um, in his possession, can get a lot of the ball. There's a reason why we're pushing Katie to the wing, why he'll take over Alice's role. I wouldn't be surprised if Macca comes in till um, uh, one of our wingers in, in Nash, I think, has been groomed yeah. um, to fill that wing spot. He's a beautiful kick. So we're going to have Caddy, who's a neat kick, who's a great field kick. Um, we've got one disposal on the wing sorted. We've got another disposal on the wing sorted. We've got another extractor in the guts um, that can help our midfield and prolong Cochin's career. Because I wouldn't be surprised if Cochin starts getting pushed 25, 30% midfield, um, um, midfield time for centre clearances only, and then probably plays in the either in the back or the front half. You know what I mean? Just to protect him. So, what's, so going back to Crouch, what's your percentage of him coming or staying at Adelaide that's or wherever that's he's going to go? Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, my mate was pretty bullish. He he said to me, mate, it's done. And he said that to me 12 months ago. It's going to happen. Um, I... Um, I'm probably 70% sure he's coming, um, particularly what I heard this morning. Um, I think he's coming. And we're going to – see, the, the one thing for me is we've got – we've given them Stengel. We might have to give him give them something, and it might be like a – Well, he's still contracted, I think. Yeah, so – I think he's still got another year. Yeah, he has. So we have to trade for him? We definitely have to trade for him. So what I I wouldn't be surprised if we trade uh, second rounder this year with a future second. Now people on the boards might be screaming, but you've got to realise, and I'm wrapped that I'm hearing this is the shit I'm hearing. We know our window's open now, and we 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 know our window will be open for a good three to four years. So we've got a lot of young depth. We've invested heavily in the draft, um, but I know Brad's our main our main. Um, and main target. There's noise about Amon wanting to come to Melbourne, which I fucking hope it doesn't happen with us. Um, it's just I'm a bit scared because of our port history with him. Um, but he's going to want coin, and we've not got no coin to spare. People also don't forget that we're front-loaded 
we've backloaded Lynch's contract. So Lynch is not costing as much as you think now or for next year. And plus the tap's gone up by 20%. So we can fit Brad Couch in without having to lose anyone, but we're going to have to trade for him. So I know we're, we're angling for the second round pick as a main option, I'm and not maybe sure a the Crows will take that. Argue they'd they'd want a player, I reckon, as well. Yeah, and I was about to say, and a manager or someone that's not getting a crack, but shown. Yeah, hold on, people laugh. But a, a young kid that's been a high draft pick that might need a change of scenery that performs consistently in the VFL that has a good body of work, right? You've got two that fits that bill. I know that we're pushing is Oleg and you've got, though we rate Oleg, and you've got Menadu. Both of those boys, it, um, it's just unfortunate. I don't think they're going to be able to crack in our start in 22. So, it, won't, it won't be Oleg. We just re-signed him at the start of the year. Yeah, but it's. I reckon, I, re- I don't know. I it's, Again, I think, I don't know the rule about can you train them? Can you still trade them if they agree? Yeah. Um, so... Um, we'll see. Just watch the space. We're going to lose. I reckon our second round picks up on the table with a, either a future second if we don't do a player or um, one of our depth players in the VFL. Um, uh, I have one, Tiggs. Yep. Uh, Hawks and Callum Moore. Oh, Callum Moore's gone. Sorry. I mentioned that. I, I didn't bother mentioning it because I mentioned it ages ago. Yeah, Callum Moore's gone. Um, I heard North and the Hawks were the two primary ones for him. Um, but then when Hawks are now, they're definitely going to land pattern. That sort of everyone knows that anyway. Um, so him, he, he's being looked at by three or four clubs, um, Callum Moore. So I wouldn't even be surprised that rumour of him going to the Pies might actually happen. One thing to keep a look at, people talk about Brendan Sire. Well, what is that his name? Brendan? No, it's Fill-In. Brendan Sire. Fill-In. Or Fill-In. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever his name is, it's a fucking pie. We'll call him Flog. Um, he, Flog. Sire, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he's let go from the pies. He just signed though as well. Yeah. No, no, he hasn't re-signed yet. Yeah, he did. He did it like, a, like two hours before they dropped the story about him playing no, basketball. He hasn't yeah. signed yet. No, he hasn't, he hasn't signed yet. I'm sure he hasn't signed. I'm pretty sure he has. It was like last week or two weeks ago. No, he hasn't signed. Okay. No, hold on. Let me just check my email. Hold on. The the team no, obviously has signed. Sire is um is Essendon's into him. Well, I spoke to my mate. I'm just reading off it, and I asked him, "Has any the word is he signed?" He goes, "No, he has not re-signed." And that was dated Wednesday last week. So, outside of that, that's all I want to go with. He hasn't re-signed. Okay. Okay. So yeah. There might be some movement on that part. Not to us. Um, us is Brad Crouch. Other than that, we invest in the draft. Um, it's going to be pretty... Um, or we'll see what eventuates. But at the moment, is um, yeah, Brad Crouch is our main target, which has okay. been... Very good. Oh, hopefully we can get him get him over. It'd be good to get some help in the middle. But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how all that plays out. I'm sure you'll uh, you'll start to get some more heated up mail as we get closer to trade time as well, oh, I imagine. Yeah. Oh, the last, you know how it is. We'll do a we'll do a podcast um, after the flag, if you want to. We'll talk about the flag <laughs> <laughs> after we're in the flag. Um, we can do it like a couple of days after. You know, give me a chance to recover, um, and then we can have a nice one. And then I'll get a lot. Of, obviously, during that period, I'm going to get a lot more info. And if there's anything that's really pertinent, I'll pop it on the boards. But I'll try to save stuff, and we can do like a a trade 
what I believe is going to happen like a week before trade week or whatever you like, and we can do something. Because then I'll know a lot more. Because what's great with us, we're elite. Guys, whoever's listening to this, the loves of Tigers, our recruiting is the best, mate. Like, I'm wrapped with them. They've got identified targets of what we need, what our holes are. Give to, we're very conscious of getting our time to develop. It's We're very big on the Hawthorne way um, with our young kids um, when Hawthorne was strong. Leave them in the VFL. Get them get a culture of excellence within the VFL. Get them so when they slide in, they slide in, and they've got that confidence that they're players. Um, so yeah, just watch that space. Um, yeah, it's going to be good times. But I know Brad Crouch is the one that we're heavily going after, and I'm, I actually think it might actually happen. Oh, very honest. good. Thank you for bringing that to the table. Yeah, like I said, we'll check in with you, no doubt, uh, before the trade period kicks off. So we'll, uh, definitely watch this space. We'll push on to the game this week against the Lions, the last game for the home and away season, and it's uh, yet another huge must-win game. Uh, the equation's pretty simple. We win, we finish in the top four. There's obviously scope for us to lose the game and finish top four, provided Essendon win, but we don't have to rely on them to, to knock off Collingwood. So it's just nice that fate is in our own hands. The Lions have um, they've surprised a lot. I mean, I think we all thought they were going to do a lot better than what they did last year, but to this level... Um, it's full credit to them, to be honest. I've been really impressed with how they played and how they went about it last week. But massive game coming up for us, Carp. What's your take on it? Uh, yeah, huge game, obviously. It's it's nice uh, with being, playing on the Sunday and knowing all the results beforehand. Oh, that, is, uh, that is handy. Yeah. 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 So, so what we... It, even, it, like, just say, if Essendon do win, like, we might be more inclined to rest Grimes or give him a week off or anyone that's a, a little bit sore with a niggle. Not I saying agree we want to that. lose it, mate, because you don't, you don't want to flirt with uh, form, but um, but uh, you don't want to take any risks in the in the same way with players' injuries and niggles and stuff. So I'll, I'll, I'm all up for that, or even just getting playing, you know, like Cochran, you know, thirty percent in the middle or something, and just warming warming into it. So uh, I think that will be ideal. But otherwise, I, I, I think we're going to touch up the lines pretty easily. Actually, we won't make the mistake what Chris Scott did and leave. Uh, Charlie Cameron by himself inside 50. We won't be doing that. That was fascinating well, to watch, wasn't it? didn't have much of an impact anyway. No, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. What a dickhead. Five goals, what's five goals these days, you know? That was, um, I think it's a good point you make there because like, I watched their game and I thought it was a really smart play by Brisbane to isolate him because he's just so yep. quick, but stupid play yeah. on DeLong's part to not even try to do anything about it. So do you think we're just going to run with the same structure we have all year in the sense that, like I think you said earlier on, with Grimes or Asprey bring, being that sweeper pretty much negates Cameron playing that role, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think either I think Broad will be given the first shot at Cameron, to be honest, because I think we will want to keep that um, Grimes, Grimes sweeping. Well, to be honest, we've been such a team defense this year, even more so, especially losing <laughs> Rance. We, we, we tend to like not worry about one one defender going to one, their most attacking player and we just switch switch and whoever's in the best position. You're like, right. I, they, I, I yeah, they do rotate. Broad or Grimes go to him at, at um, different times. So I'm not I'm not too worried about that. What about the midfield CB for the, for the Lions? That's probably their strong suit and that's I think it's very cliched but I think that's where the game's going to be won and lost. You've got Robinson, McCluggage, Lions, Zorko, Neil all having super, super years which you touched on earlier. How do we go about making sure they don't all dominate? I think it goes the other way. I think they're going to try and clag us up. I think they're going to... If you look at their numbers, like the tackling counts and out of there, players like... Um, what surprised like a guy like Mitch Robinson, for example, last week, 16 kicks, nine handballs, 
He had six inside 50s, but he took 10 marks. So clearly they're going through. Um, if you look at a guy like McCluggage, um, again, 21 kicks, six handballs, six inside 57 marks. Um, and then you've got Zorko, who seems Zorko and Lyonson to be defensive mids. They're the ones laying the tackles. And um, Lockie Neal, you know, 13 kicks, 16 handballs, five inside 50s. They'll, they'll be off the chain, but I think two things will happen, actually. I reckon Grimes is going to cop a tag like um, Melbourne put on him to negate him. Um, and the one thing Brisbane will have, they'll have the smartest footballer out on the ground in um, Luke Hodge. So I think they'll be very well guided, but I think they're going to try and stop our run. That, that's the one thing. That forward handball style, we go, we move the ball. I think that's what they'll be looking to negate. And um, they'll jam us up and then try and get us on the um, off their half-back line, moving it forward. That's what I think will happen. Mm. Yeah. Can I say something, though? Like, the Lions... I, look, I love the Lions here. Don't misunderstand me. I, I love the Lions here. And I'm saying this because we've beaten them... I think we've beaten them every year for the last 12 years or whatever the stupid record is, right? Their team on last year that we beat by 100 and something-odd points... They've only got really three new players into that side, all right? They've had a really soft draw, but you'd, you'd be wrapped with that because, you know, for where they finished the year on, on five wins. So that explains that. If you watched the Bull, I had a bit of a look at the Bulldogs game against them, and the Bulldogs lost that game. Brisbane didn't win it. The Bulldogs lost that game, let's be clear, because they kicked so inaccurately. Um, what troubles Brisbane is speed, right? Because they're as hard as a cat's head, Brisbane. Uh, this is how I see the game going. The first quarter is going to be helter-skelter, right? It's, they're going to want, let's go hit them head on. They're going to believe their own bullshit, right? Because they're a young side. And they're going to try to crack into us. If we break their backs and have a typical first quarter and jump up to a four-goal lead, they won't even get close. Um, I know that sounds really arrogant, but if you have a look at their back line, it's a young back line. They don't have the experience to defend our forward line. Right, if they're on song, if they get into supply, Tiggs, Zorko. Tiggs. What, yep. what I think, I think yep. we'll get, we'll burn them. I think we'll score heavily on turnover. I think that's where we'll get them. Our pressure game. Yep. And when, when they turn it over, I think that's when we're going to make them pay, and that will be the difference. I'm, I'm still think we're going to win by about five, six goals. Don't get me wrong. Yes, I think that's where it'll be. See, Brisbane reminds us of '95. Remember in '95 when we were fucking just steamrolling sites. Um, if you can remember that far back, we'll steamrolling sides. Um, actually, 2001 as well, when we hit that run of form and we're doing really, really well. Young sides, when they're winning a lot of games, they get ahead of themselves, right? Till they hit that wall. And when they hit that wall and we start scoring on the turnover, because that's how I think it's going to play out, we're going to let them come in, all right, attack, attack, and then we score heavily on the turnover. They will start to go, oh, shit, here we go. Um, and lose their heads a little bit. And then we should, I reckon we're going to win by our goals. Not because we're superior to Brisbane or we've got better cattle than Brisbane. Solely for the fact is we're a lot more mature, a lot more disciplined, a lot more cemented in our game style. Um, and we've been where they've been before. They haven't been where we're, we are. So it's no disrespect to them. I reckon in three years' time, they're going to be a scary good side. Um, and, you know, I, I reckon they'll win the flag in the next five years. That's how bullish I am on them. But... Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to cop a smacking. And Cup, what about, we, I mean, we talk about their defenders. Harris Andrews, one of their best defenders. And I feel like he plays a very similar game to McGovern, who likes to sort of intercept and, and spoil everything. Is it just going to be the same plan as last week, essentially, with making sure he's held accountable? Uh, well, that's... I, I'd say so. 
I'd say Andrews will go to Lynch and um, Marcus Adams will go to Rewalt. And that's perfect for us. So you imagine Marcus Adams on Rewalt? Like, seriously, Marcus Adams, right? You put Rewalt dead. You just tell Rewalt, stay within 20 metres of the forward, um, in the forward 50. Lynch, your centre-half forward, mate, just run up, lead up to the ball. Let Andrews follow you. He's not, yeah, he might keep up for a quarter or two, but he hasn't got a tank on him. He hasn't got a tank. And then we go, okay, to the smalls. All right, swarm in. Then they haven't got the tools yet to com- com- um, combat a side like us. Where they can get a ha- hold of us, if we're not paying them any respect and they get us on the outside, um, and we if we let Neil um, Lockie run his own race, they'll get us. Because they have got that potential to burst, like similar like we do when we were, um, at, if you look at us three years ago. They remind me, funny enough, of how we were in 2015. Um, mm. Heaps of talent, the ability to burst, um, but they haven't really been physically tested. And Geelong, I watched that game. Geelong played the slowest. That's why Geelong's got to go out in straight sets, and it's not because I detest that side. Their game plan's super outdated. They go slow. They've put Narkel in to inject speed and X-Factor, but he's, I don't know if the peroxide and living at that shantytown has done something to him. He's way inconsistent. He's fat too. Um but they're not very um, – they're slow. And that played into Brisbane's hands. Um, and they, were, they weren't brave. When when Geelong had Dangerfield racing into the forward 50, when they had players racing into the forward pockets or created a uh, created a contest, uh, congested situation in their forward 50, and then handballed release out, they got scored against Brisbane pretty easily. Um, it's just when it was a slow kick, mark, kick, mark – Brisbane is fast. They, they're trying to mimic us in some ways. Um, and they're going to get their pants pulled down. If we play at um, at 100%, if we play like we played on the weekend and like we've played the last seven weeks, they can't. They, there's no chance. They have none. Fair enough. Um, what about some of the possible changes? Well, obviously, you heard before that Koch is sounding like he's ready to go to come in. Who misses out, Cup? If Koch comes in, is Jack Ross the unlucky one that misses? Uh, I'd say so. Um, I thought I thought I thought Caddy and uh, Baker in their new positions took big steps on the weekend. I thought they were really good. Caddy Caddy looked a class above with the ball. He did some really nice things when the pressure was on in the last quarter, and um, and uh, Baker did some tremendous things. I thought he was super clean and uh, very courageous as well. I think I think people have to be a little bit patient with him in a new position. I don't think he's going to lose his spot. I think it will be Jack Ross. Yeah, I had written yeah. down about the ruck change, but we uh, we know that's not going to happen. So. Uh, we assume that Charles is going to stay there is in. An option of, like, is yeah, Bolter I mean, a chance? Yeah, Bolter for Charles possibly, but I don't think so. I think they'll keep it the same. And um, so, and hopefully it doesn't rain. <laughs> and maybe maybe uh, see Charles get a few more possessions. That would be nice. Ross, Ross, and Graham in the same side worries me. Um, like Ross before he got injured, um, we were all lauding him because Graham was injured, and he was doing Graham's role right. Um, he's two one. Like hopefully he gets a big big preseason, gets another one. His kicking is really poor. Um, he's tur- he turns the ball over, Ross, and it could be um, nerves. You know, coming back in, it could be a lot of things. Um, I love his endeavour. I love his hardness at the contest. But yeah, Ross is out um, for Cochin. Um, but how good is going to have the chimp back? You know what I mean? Leading us to the promised land. Leading us to the promised land. Just got to hope his hamstring holds up. Oh, I don't yeah. think it's as bad as people say. I, 
<laughs> I, I don't think. Yeah, people are going on our boards, call, we overreact. It's off the bone, or he's not going to play. He's going to fucking retire. Uh, he's not going to retire. Please. He no. was. No, you. Could, any of you guys, when you. Let's say you, you've been. You're chimpers' shoes for a second, right? You've been hammered, pillar to post for. You're making finals, you're failing in finals. Um, and then you're getting. You have a 2016 year, and people are fucking on you. And then you finally get into a side. That's matured and has won a premiership and fucking won a minor premiership and is now perfectly poised for another premiership and could do it for another three years. Would you resign? No, you wouldn't pull the pin unless your body was failing you. But I feel like we're being very extra cautious and that's that's okay. But he definitely needs the run in the legs. And this is what makes me nervous about Nankervis not playing is with him not playing this week, yeah, I'm kind of struggling to see how he might come back in for a final because I don't know. It just feels like it might be too long out of the game. Uh, I reckon a part of nah, it is too is right. giving our depth yeah. the chance to game time. I reckon it's more that you know we're being respectful to the opposition, but um, I reckon it's you know let our young you know we you know and saying they're injuries. Um, Scarts is going back. all right, eh? Yeah, I reckon it's true. No, I reckon. I reckon they're gone. You know what? We've got young kids. Let continue letting them play the game. You know what I mean? Give them more confidence so they know that they're. You know, so they don't leave us. You know. Interesting. Interesting too. Just looking at our injury list. Um, McIntosh. I heard hurt his knee on the weekend, yeah. but he's not down in our um, injury list. So yeah, I suspect I that, that he's um, he's That's right to go. So he could be a smoky to come back in this week too. If some of the boys are going to be tore, a bit sore from playing in a month of wet weather. We yeah, it'll be interesting to see things up as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Bombers do win at what we do. I think that'll yeah. that, that'll be uh, that'll be really interesting. I think you're um, right. If they win, I think we'll swing changes for sure. Especially the oh, Bombers one. Yeah, and I'm a bit with you with my with you, Michaels, on the on the Nank with the JLT. They were experimenting with up forward. I easily can see him coming in for Charles. And Soldo taking the centre bounces, the majority of, and uh, Nank, Nank swinging forward. Yes, yeah, I would love to have seen it this week. Obviously, it's not to be with yeah. Nank's injury, but um, I think it has potential to work as long as we have the work around that we don't get run off our feet. But I think we should have to yeah. back in Dimmer and Co to, to make the right call there. All right, well, that just about Ready. does it for tonight, fellas. Before we let you guys go, we'll get a tip including margin. All right, so we'll start with you, Carp. What's your tip for the game including margin? Um, well, Richmond to win, obviously, but, but I, I'm a bit indecisive about this. I think if Bombers win, I think we'll win. If Bombers beat Pies, I think we'll we will take it a little bit easy and we'll probably only win by three or four goals. But if we need to win, oh, I, I think we'll smack the Lions. We'll have seven or eight goals if we kick straight. Yes, got to have that scoreboard pressure early. Uh, yeah. CB, ah, uh, look, I think. Just a five to six goal um, win, but the big thing is right now any injury that we incur could really hamper. So I'm hoping just a nice five goal win. Percentage is now relevant to us. Finish yep. fourth. You know why I want to finish fourth. Get the win, <laughs> no injuries, and bring on those petrified pussies. And Tig seventy one. Yeah, it depends, I reckon, on a few things. Obviously, with Essendon winning, um, that our, our state of mind. But if Geelong loses by some miracle, right? So if Geelong loses, and let's say if we win, we get to play them. If we make, if we stay fourth um, and Geelong loses in there and we miss the chance to play them, I think we might pump, them, pump Brisbane so we can actually play Geelong. You know, second plays third. 
<laughs> right? So I think that might be that. But seriously, I reckon... I reckon if Essendon wins, we will make a statement in the first two quarters, right? We will go hell for leather in the first two quarters, be up by like 80 points, and then we'll pull Cochin <laughs> off, Dustin off. Fucking, we will pull all of our guns off for like large parts of the game and just let, you know, we'll probably get through by fucking 10 points, you know what I mean, um, to protect our side. Um, that's what it will be, mate. That's it. Uh, we'll smash him. We'll fucking smash him. Steve fucking uh, factor as well. Yeah, we should. Fagan should just write us a letter saying, "Sorry, guys, we forfeit because hey, they're gonna cop it, mate." Oh, it. I, I like your comments. I'm also scared of everyone's confidence at the same time because they're, they're uh, a good team. But the G, the MCG factor, I think, is going to be big as well. They've played here once this year and they got touched up by Essendon. I think oh, it was. Yeah, um, Essendon. You, Let that you haven't been. In. Yeah, I know. I know. So let that seek in. On that and on the basis... uh, 60,000 plus, eh? Yes, absolutely. So I reckon we'll get up by about 25 points. And um, to your point, Carp, we do need to make sure we get a shitload of people down there. It might be the last time we get to see them play in Melbourne, depending on how uh, things go, unless we make it further in the finals. So make sure we get down and get loud and uh, make sure the Lions players know they've come to our backyard and uh, they're just here for a a quick visit. And then we're going to take the four points and off we go. Just on that, everyone that's listening, they'll get to the game. Because, see, it's bigger than just a Lions game. What I would love to see... CB17, your tweet, Kung Fu, is thing. So you should get a, um, a hashtag going. But what we should do is get... <coughs> we can get, like, 80,000 there. And then let's say when, when, the, when the win is known, we're going to win. And let's say it's so it's 15 minutes into the last quarter. Every Tiger supporter starts chanting Geelong. Geelong. <laughs> Geelong, because Brad Scott has fucked their mental side up. Whatever that flog's name is, he's... I I hate him. I don't even know his first name. He has mentally fucked his side. He went three months ago with his his whining and bleeding, right, about how unfair it is, post-buy even, how unfair it is, right? If we... Could you imagine their reaction? You've got Dangerfield sitting on his banana lounge... At beside his creek on his fourteen-inch colour TV, right, and he's there and he's watching, and all you could hear is Geelong from the Richmond supporters. That'd be fucking brilliant, wouldn't it? it, it would I don't be. know how he complains so much. He doesn't watch any of the game, does he? He's always no. hiding out in the back bathroom. Yeah, yeah he's nice. No, he's, he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> he's a salty flog. Uh, he's a sure. flog, and he's a flog. Just your thoughts use. quickly before we go, Tiggs, on Collingwood. Oh, they're a fucking shit club. <laughs> oh, you want <laughs> thoughts on Collingwood? Um, look, yeah, <laughs> bunch Ribbit. of frogs. Ribbit. Yeah, bunch of frogs. Uh, look, Collingwood. <clears throat> it's a fucking. How do you? How do I say this the right way? Um, they've got they're a good. they look. They've got talent, right? I'm, only an idiot would say they haven't got talent, right? Um, they've been hit hard with injury at the wrong time of year because they're all going, oh, we're going to get Dugowie back and we're going to get more back. You're going to need Dugowie back during the final. You're going to get Stevenson back during the final. Um, you can do heavy training loads as much as you like, but finals running at helter-skelter pace, body slamming into each other. I wouldn't be surprised if Stevenson and Dugowie pull hamstrings, right, because they haven't had games to ease them in. Um, if they'd be brave, like we've been brave, um, and, and that's why it's so important that Cochin plays this week. Because I wouldn't be surprised if we let Cochin play a half a game and then pull him off just to get his body to start to condition a match. They need that match conditioning. Um, and VFL won't cut it. So I don't think they're going to do anything. I hope 
I hope I hope this happens. I hope they finish fifth and the Bulldogs stumble in the last hurdle and finish eighth. Right? And um Bulldogs play um, an elimination final against Collingwood and rip them a fucking new one. <laughs> and then if that happens, guys, I want to say goodbye. It's been great knowing you since 2011. <laughs> but my account will be cancelled because um, the mods will fuck me um, as soon as I get onto their boards. And I'm not big enough to control myself. So I'll start. I noticed there's a new poster on the forums, Tiger72. So Is it really? I might yeah, there is. How's, it's nice having fans. Wow. <laughs> I, might have a, I might have a sneaky look into that one. Yeah, Tiger72, I noticed he's been liking my posts. And I'm like, oh, that's fucking strange. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm, you know, I might start a new, have to start a new account. You know, we'll keep that, you know, on the down low. Um, that's, that's, but, that's, right uh, that's right up there. That's right up there when um, Starburn's a moderator on Bay 13 and a bloke started oh. up an old account called Moon Smithers. That was fantastic. <laughs> But they're, they're fucking crazy. They're just no. Nah, they, you know, I got you know, I got banned from liking because I liked on the Lynch thread. Yeah, this is I'm a wog, right? So we don't, you know, if you hurt me, I don't come at you straight away. I wait ten years, right? And then I slam it. Right? It hurts more, right? So what I did, I let them call me a liar and a flog, and I don't know nothing, and everything I said was right on the money. So I started liking the flogs that were predicting, no, no, he's full of shit. I'm right. He's coming to Collingwood. They fucking, they, they infracted me, the bastards. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Carp, Tiger 71 and Captain Blood 17, thank you so much for your time tonight, guys. It's been very entertaining and interesting. And hopefully the Tigers can get up and get the four points and secure fourth spot and head into finals full of confidence. Yes. Cheers, Michael. All right, Take then, care, uh, guys. Until next time, go Tigers. Too easy. Thank okay, you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Richmond Big Footy Tiger Cast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and YouTube so you can follow all the roasts and toasts, the reviews and previews, and all topics Richmond. Also, keep an ear out for our special episodes of interviews with past players. Go, Tigers.